Welcome to episode 136 of The Startup Show. Today we are here at the offices of Brexit and I'm very excited to talk to the CEO and co-founder Martin and we are talking about the transition from corporate to startup. We talk about the startup Brexit but we also talk about how to become an entrepreneur. Make sure to stay tuned. Welcome to episode 136 of The Startup Show. Today we are here in Zurich at Brixel, and I'm very excited to speak to the CEO and co-founder, Martin. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Cedric. Thank you for having me. Hi, everybody. So take it away for a few seconds. Talk about you and who you are. Okay. Yeah, as you heard, I'm Martin. I'm 35 years old. I got started uh, into the digital business uh, when I joined Michael uh, with his uh, digital agency. Uh, he founded the company 2010 and I joined 2013. And together now we founded Brixel a couple years ago. Yeah, so we joined forces uh, or the knowledge from a digital agency and my background. I'm a business administration guy, so I was working in marketing, then I was working in digital product development in the agency also for banks, uh, real estate companies and so on. You also have like different types of agencies where you support startups and then you decided to focus on Brixel. What made you decide like really becoming um, you know, focused on one venture only. So what we did is, or when I joined uh, the agency, um, we were just, you know, a service provider. And then we decided to start uh, building our own products. So we were working for banks and so on, but we always had, you know, time left or our own ideas. And we started with a little apps or something like that, or a website builder tool. And over the time, then it just grew, which is grew into this uh, startup business in a way of trying out things. We co-founded another startup, kitaclub.ch. It's a daycare platform where you have all the daycares of Switzerland. We sold our shares a couple of years ago. And so we just kept learning and learning. And our initial idea was that we have the resources of building several startups at one time or being involved in several mm -hmm. ones. And we just learned it's really hard to do that. Um, there's some concepts that uh, work really great in the US. Uh, maybe you've heard of Expo or others. They co-built uh, Uber and startups like that. And this was our inspiration. And it was just hard to raise money also in Switzerland for this concept. Brixel was in the room and we really thought this is what uh, can be something big, um, not just maybe an app we're involved with. We just decided to go for it, just mm -hmm. for that one. And, uh, you know, left every, everything else um, and left also our agency. And uh, this is our baby. Let's go for it. <laughs> yes. Tell me, I mean, I understand it more or less why people are excited about entrepreneurship and startups. Mm -hmm. um, but many people out there, you know, have a hard time. It's associated with so much risk. Mm -hmm. what, what is it that drives you to be involved with so many startups and motivates you to be mm -hmm. like at the, such an early stage of a company? Good question. I think um, I've never been learning more than in the last five or six years. So ever since I decided to go this path, I've learned so much. I could never pay for this, you know, at the school or whatever thing program you would do. And I'm just a person who likes to try out new things and, uh, you know, do things and I get bored, you know, mm -hmm. if I just sit somewhere and that's basically also what happened to me before I joined Michael at his company. I was working at uh, SRF, Swiss uh, television company. Yeah. And already after like half a year, I felt like 
I need to do something more. And, and then I met Michael again, I've, I've known him before, and I said, I have this idea. And he's like, yeah, I also want to get into startup uh, more and let's join forces. And I started with like coming here one day per week. And after two months, I quit my other job. And I, it just, just got rolling. And I probably had it in me for a long time, but I just went, you know, to school, did university. Every now and then I did something that could be, you know, said that uh, is something entrepreneurial. Yeah. Like I was selling Christmas trees one season or stuff like that. And I always had fun of just trying out new things. It just came naturally then that I saw this opportunity and uh, it clicked with Michael. And then, uh, yeah, every now five years passed. Yeah. And so as you know, we always do some background uh, research. We, cool. we send out um, emails to some of your friends. And, and what we did is we, we reached out to David from Investire. I think you yeah. know him pretty well. And he yeah. said to me, I have to ask you, and I don't even know what, what is going to come now, why your nickname is Dynamite. Okay. Well, my nickname is actually Dinu. It comes from okay. Martin. And he just called me Dynamite D. <laughs> and I was thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, why Dynamite D? And I think it's coming from the time when we were studying in Bern and I met him at, he was living at one of my best friends at, uh, you know, they shared a flat and we just went out partying and just probably the energy I had and, and uh, how he felt I was or yeah, the vibe. So I, I think it was him who called me this and then all of his friends called me Dynamite D then, so it <laughs> came naturally. It's not something you choose or pick, it just, just like, came. yeah, like that. Very good. So Martin, now, uh, finally, let's get to your current venture, Brixel. Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about it, give us a short pitch so everybody out there knows exactly uh, what you do, and then we'll get more into a deep dive into your industry. So Brixel comes out of two words, Bricks, which stands for, you know, a brick, the physical part of a house and pixel, so the digital part. That's kind of what we're trying to combine, um, the real estate world with the digital world. And when we started Brixel, the vision was to create a new market that you have a platform where you can buy or sell a house uh, with a mouse click. Mm -hmm. So really simplify everything. That's a bit how it got started. And it, now over two years, it grew a lot. And as you know, startup, they try out things, some things work, uh, some things don't work, and we just kept moving and moving. And now we're at the really interesting point where we are getting really not only into technology, but also really becoming part of the process itself uh, as being a, a player um, of buying or selling houses ourselves. Mm -hmm. What was, let's say, the biggest challenge or problem that you saw in the market that drove mm -hmm. you to start Brixel? Well, how we started is, is also a bit because we were working for banks. We saw a bit how uh, like uh, they sell you know, mortgages online. We worked for HomeGate or other real estate companies. And there was just something missing that just goes further than just what that was there, you know. So something that um, enables you to go through a process from A to Z. So that was missing. So we saw that a lot of people in Switzerland, actually, mo almost half of people, if they want to sell their house, they do it on their own. So what was missing is that some a place where it all comes together, you know. So you have to pick something there and there and there. And we thought, why don't we just bring that together into one process that leads you uh, from A to Z and you can even do a transaction online. Mm -hmm. And that's how it got started. And also that it's uh, very intransparent. The market is very intransparent, uh, real estate. And now uh, there's so much available, so much more data. We are just, you know, working with partners or, or we gather our own data and we can provide that. Uh, so technology now enables people to be much more mature about their decision making in selling or buying houses. So mm -hmm. we just saw the opportunity that there's a lot of potential. What data exactly are you using to, let's say, assess the price and the value of one of these properties? 
On one side, we work with partners like Yatsi, which is an estimation company, one of the two established players. Now there new, there's new ones coming onto the market that we're also looking at and probably working together with uh, soon. And otherwise, what we do, we just collect all the listings, you know, what's out there, what's, what's on the market. Mm -hmm. And we analyze that data and we gather a lot of other information also from uh, Bundesamt for Statistics, so from the government. And we just collect a lot and try to make sense out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's coming more clear and clear for everybody and new um, offers are being developed based on that. Also, we started with like a small feature it's called Bestimate, where you can do a quick online estimation of your house with just a few inputs. And that had a huge impact also for our journey because a lot of people, you know, come to our website to try out this and it's a great first uh, entry point for us. What is it, let's say, when you look at the Swiss real estate market that makes it like so special? Because there mm -hmm. are some restrictions specifically, let's say, mm -hmm. for foreigners to invest here. And mm -hmm. um, where do you see, let's say, the biggest challenges as, let's say, Switzerland as a real estate you know, market? Well, there's, there's different things. So you mentioned one of it, so um, restrictions for um, foreigners. But we have 26 cantons, so they have their own uh, laws or regulations. Still, we have some bureaucracy. Comparing to maybe the U United States, uh, you don't have uh, Grundbuchamt. Stuff like that, that makes uh, the whole process or everything more complicated. But on the other hand, it's also making it more secure. So, yeah. you know, you have the rules. So it's a bit both there. But still, I think transparency was missing, you know. Um, the companies had the data or the banks had the data, but the consumer not yet. And I think the consumer, they want it now. So that's also why new uh, estimation startups pop up, new services pop up. There's a need for it. Mm -hmm. You quickly um, mentioned your, your one of your features. Maybe walk me through as like one of your customer. Let's mm -hmm. say I wanted to sell my house. Mm -hmm. Where do my journey with Brixel start and where does it end? Uh, actually, if you want to sell a house, um, we talk to a lot of people and that's also what we see when we see look at our traffic. The first thing that you think about is what do I get? What's the price? So that's why probably you go and look for a, how can I do a quick estimation somewhere mm -hmm. and then somehow then you start the process and uh, before you even start marketing it there's lots of things you need to learn about taxes and stuff and so on but then again okay now I'm ready to go to market now I really need to be sure what what price tag do I put on at that point for instance you can uh, do a profession estimation in our online tool so that goes really into all details or someone comes to your house so you start at thinking of how much will I get? And in the end, what you're looking for, someone who's paying me, you know, that amount, you're looking for a buyer. So you start with the initial point already very early on, and that's where you want to end up in the end again. How much do I get in the end? Yes. And that's also where we're going to now with, with new offerings like the price guarantee, where we say we can actually provide you an offer at a certain point. So we can take the very early question out of the way in the beginning. So yeah. we're trying to close that circle. Right. I mean, that's something that I was intrigued when I was looking mm. through the website is like this 90 days guarantee. Mm -hmm. So at some point you will have like a massive amount of real estate properties on your books, I assume. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's also the idea that actually we, we can sell it within 90 days. But ever since we started that model, uh, we also thought, what if you are going to be more progressive? What if we can make you an, an offer earlier? So that's what we're working on. We're trying to figure out a bit the selection criteria. But if we have the, the houses on our books, it, it doesn't matter because we will resell them. And uh, maybe when you look at other countries, if you see what's happening there, mainly in the US or UK, there you already have these kind of models. They're called iBuyer. It's like intelligent buyer. So you as a startup, you try to use the intelligence you have, you gather over a market, over the... Uh, 
the data to narrow it down and say, I want to, I can be sure to resell this house in a certain amount of time, or I can be sure if I buy it now, I can resell it uh, at least with a profit or not mm -hmm. a loss. And then there's a risk calculation behind it. And that's what we're working towards too. And I think that's uh, pretty new. And I think we're the first ones doing it outside of US, UK. So far I know, yeah. But that's a massive exposure to the housing market, I assume. I mean, and what kind of like when, when you have it on your books for 90 days and you're not sure what happens to the housing market within these 90 ah, days? Well, it doesn't move that fast, you know. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, the risk related, you still have a property, you, you're not losing it. So you can still say, let's keep it and rent it out mm -hmm. and sell, sell it later. So I think the risk there is, is quite even out. So when you look at, let's say, the real estate market overall in Switzerland, um, where are we heading? What, what is, let's say, the current? Are we in an up or down, bullish, bearish? What, what do you see like the market going right now? Well, you can't say for whole Switzerland. Yeah. You see like region, uh, regions that go up and down, some they flatten out. So I would really have to look at the data myself. You yeah. know, uh, go ask also my colleague who's really looking at the data every yes. day. And he could give you uh, this answer. So, yeah, I think it's probably st stabilizing a bit. Uh, it's not growing that fast anymore. In some regions, a lot has been built, so prices maybe flatten out a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, for now it's stable. The interest rates are still staying low. So I think for now, the next few years, we can uh, expect to continue like it is now. Mm -hmm. I mean, like when you look at the big trends, let's say in real estate, you have like co-working, co-living, mm -hmm. um, sharing, shared economy, mm -hmm. all of these buzzwords. Um, where do you see, let's say, you, you put your mind into, let's say, 20 years from now, taking into aspect all of your experience with digital products, where do you see the real estate market then? Yeah, it's actually something we're already working on. So like WeWork or Airbnb or also called Generation Airbnb, something that we look at closely. Yeah. And it will be more towards how you do transactions, more uh, towards ownership. You maybe don't want to buy, but you rent, but somehow you still want to have it for yourself in a way. So kind of a mix of owning and renting. And I think the trend is going into that way. Probably people won't stay in a house for 30 years anymore, like they used to now on average. Because if it's getting easier and easier to sell or buy houses, you know, due to platforms like Brixel, models like Brixel has, or more transparency in the market, more traction is possible, more liquidity, liquidity and people, they want to move faster. Uh, so I think Switzerland will also become a, a more fluent market mm -hmm. um, if you know the circumstances allow it. One of the last questions I always ask before we get into quick Q&A is about, let's say, the local ecosystem. Mm -hmm. How do you perceive it? Do you feel like something is moving here in Switzerland, or is it, let's say in Zurich specifically? Startup, innovation, digital? Yeah, I think ever since I got into this world, uh, the last five years, I think we've seen it. So many initiatives, so many things are happening. More and more successful startup coming out of Zurich or all of Switzerland. Lots of things are happening. What's interesting though, now it's all under the label startup innovation. But I think Switzerland has ever since been a really innovative country. Mm -hmm. And I think now initiatives like Digital Switzerland, they really uh, are able to, you know, Bring in like maybe the older world, bringing the government that, that uh, was already pushing like the, you know, the small and middle sized companies, the Carmus. Bring it not just, you know, it's not just in a bubble where, you know, innovation labs or just the startups from ETH and other startups. It's becoming a greater one. And I think it's necessary. And we, we also see that 
some verticals like the crypto crypto valley are now um, emerging out of it. So mm -hmm. it's great. Uh, it's it's really good, and I think Switzerland has to uh, push it a lot, even more. Yeah. Yeah, especially position themselves like in a different way than just banking and financial services. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> What are some of your tips for balancing work and life? Hard for me, I'm a dad now. <laughs> so choose wisely, choose wisely uh, what you do during a day. And I think you have to organize yourself and try to keep doing sport. <laughs> <laughs> the most important character in an entrepreneur? You have to be able to do failures and you know, be self-critique, but then just stand up again and do it again. And you know, just constantly push it, push it, push it. Anything specific you do when you, let's say, failed at something to get yourself up again? Yeah, I reflect. Um, I talk to Michael, my business partner. Maybe I take some distance. And it, most, it doesn't take a lot of time. Then I just see another opportunity, another solution. Yeah. yeah. What's important to you in an investor? Not the money. Uh, I think uh, what they can add in terms of uh, experience, uh, network, uh, what they know in maybe the field you're in. And that they push you, they challenge you, so that you together can work as a team. Uh, and yeah, they, so they can add value in that sense, mm -hmm. not just you know the capital itself. What traits do you look for when you hire? Well, when we hire someone, we usually do interviews, and then we do a we call it a work day, at least half a day working together. And there you mainly see if someone is really someone who can work on their own, takes risk on their own, and you know has this entrepreneurial spirit. We need people that we don't need to hold their hand, so yeah. they need to be pushers as we are. Yeah. Right. How do you assess risk? Like if they're risk takers, like how do you see that? Well, we are also transparent. You, we tell them you probably earn less than in the market, so that's already a risk uh, maybe that you take. We tell them, yeah, maybe in half a year it's over, and, let, and we can see how they how react. They react to this. Yeah. What do you think was your biggest mistake as an entrepreneur? That I haven't started earlier, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the classic one. <laughs> I know, I know, it sounds stupid, but you learn so much. But I think it's not, I couldn't say one, because there's so many things. And that's what you learn uh, then always. Uh, you know, I, we do mistakes every day, every week, and yes. you, you try to learn. And it's funny, you read all these books uh, with all this, uh, you know, expertise and recommendations and whatever, advice. And you read them, and a few years later, you read them again. And then you see, okay, now I went through it. Now I can uh, relate to it. Right. And it's very uh, valuable that, that you do the experience yourself. Which book? If you have one book that you say, like, this is it, zero to one? I've read that one. I've read that one, yeah. I or think. which one would it be? No, Zero to One is a good book. So, uh, Martin, now, as you know, the last part of the show is where you can leave some kind of legacy on the internet, on YouTube, for your kids and for everybody to watch. <laughs> what kind of advice do you give them uh, sitting in this chair Mm -hmm. and aspiring to sit here at some point. Yeah, so to all uh, people or young people, especially out there who want to be an entrepreneur, just go out there, do it. Maybe you don't have the, the great idea now or you don't have a team now. Just whatever you can learn along the way, it will help you later on. Also, if you only go work for a startup, maybe you don't have to be a founder necessary. If you can join someone early on, you can learn a lot. It's also what happened to me when I joined Michael at his agency. I learned a lot just going into a, a field that I didn't know. So, yeah, just go out there and try out things and it will come naturally. 
You know, like the easiest way to get become an entrepreneur? I know. Don't you tell me. You, you speak to so many. Change, change your status on LinkedIn. <laughs> True. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Anyhow, Martin, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, everybody who stayed all the way till the end and tuned in for today's show. Have a great day.